This is the Christian Circle Podcast and you're listening to Pamela Fernandez where we have conversations about Christian living. Here's the show. So welcome to a new episode of the Christian Circle Podcast. Today we have a new guest and he's going to be talking to us about the spirituality of fasting. So Monsignor Charles Murphy, tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry first. All right. I'm a priest of the Diocese of Portland, Maine. Um, I have spent 10 years of my life in Rome. I was a student there and then became rector of the Pontifical North American College, a seminary for Americans who were becoming priests. And the origin of my book on the spirituality of fasting was a visit that Pope John Paul II made to our seminary after he came to the United States following his election as pope. And he came to visit with us, and it was during Lent. Uh, we ate bread and soup at his direction. And then he asked me the question. He said, I've just come back from the United States, and fasting seems to have gone out of the practice of Catholic people. Uh, what is going on? And uh, that prompted me to write this book. Why do we actually fast during Lent? And I know in a lot of European countries in North America, they don't follow this practice so strictly, even the Friday fast. So why do we actually fast during Lent? Not only during Lent, but at other times in the year, uh, fasting is one of the uh, what they call the three pillars of piety, prayer, fasting, and charity. And uh, St. Augustine says that prayer and fasting are the wings of charity. So um, we can't really become loving persons unless we are people of prayer and we have people who have introduced self-denial through the practice of fasting. Um, Sometimes nowadays they say, well, maybe helping your neighbor is better than doing something negative Mm. or self-punishing like fasting, but that's missing the whole point. Prayer and fasting are the wings of charity. Lent, of course, is the primary season because that's the time when Jesus spent 40 days in the desert preparing himself for his mission and giving himself the clarity and the strength to uh, undertake the mission given to him by God. So uh, 40 days uh, preceding Easter is the big time for prayer and fasting. And there is some power to fasting, right? I mean, when the disciples fail to cast out the the demons, uh, the Lord says, well, you know what? This only happens through fasting. Exactly. And that's the difference between fasting and dieting. (laughs) Uh, Dieting is very uh, self-centered. It's focused on the beauty of my own uh, appearance and is not about making ourselves sensitive to the needs of others. And fasting, uh, there are two kinds of fasting, actually. Total fasting and partial fasting. Total fasting is abstaining from all food for a limited period. And it's an act of humility before God. It's uh, making us, through the physical experience of being hungry, aware of how vulnerable we are and how much we need God's grace in our life. So that's a a period of total fast is for a limited period. Mm -hmm. And in the past, we've done that, for example, before receiving Holy Communion, 
Yep. People had a total fast of all food and drink for an extended period. Uh, partial fast is abstaining from uh, food and drink for a limited time to achieve healing uh, in our minds, bodies, and spirits. So partial fasting, um, like, for example, from meat uh, during um, the Fridays of the year uh, would be an example of that. So what are the rules for fasting in Lent? So there's a more relaxed view in the West that, um, you know, this isn't really a norm right now. But is it necessary to just fast from food or from any idol that has taken root in our life? Yes, that's a good point. Um, the fasting helps us to identify the healing we have to have and the addictions and the uh, sinful patterns of life that we have drifted into through routines that are not helpful. So that's the point of fasting, to help us to have clarification about the other changes we have to make in our life. During Lent, are there any specific rules for fasting, for how you should go about it? Yes. The, in my book on the spirituality of fasting, I identify the Eastern part of the church as a model because it, it has a more detailed program than the Western part of the church where we live. Mm -hmm. So, uh, in the Western Church, we are told in the United States, when Ash Wednesday and Good Friday are days of, of fasting and abstinence from mm -hmm. meat, but uh, and then the Fridays of Lent are supposed to be abstinence from meat. Mm -hmm. But the, in the Eastern Church, it's more extensive, and I just share that with you. Uh, uh, two weeks before Lent begins, uh, the Eastern Church observes the abstinence from meat for all of Lent. It's not okay. just the Fridays of Lent. It's okay. all of Lent. Okay. And one week before Lent begins, they abstain from dairy products and eggs okay. for all of Lent. So their, their diet is pretty vegetarian. Mm -hmm. And um, I really recommend that as a more serious program for Lent. So how can we make fasting a spiritual experience? All right. Uh, one, I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. In my book, I recommend something called the skip a meal program. That means that you pick a day when you are not going to eat one of the usual three meals. I recommend Wednesday and Friday. Mm -hmm. Wednesday is the day when uh, Judas betrays the Lord, and Friday is the day of his death. Mm -hmm. So let's say Wednesday or Friday, you skip the noon meal. Mm -hmm. And instead of eating, you spend the time praying, mm -hmm. and that way you're not focusing on food. Mm -hmm. And then you give the money that you saved by not mm -hmm. eating to some charitable cause. Mm -hmm. So you have three, uh, all three uh, uh, highest practices in one event, mm -hmm. uh, prayer, fasting, and charity. Yeah, that sounds good. So what changes can we hope to see in ourselves, you know, when we are fasting? I say this, that a human person has three dimensions, mm -hmm. mind, body, and spirit, and they're all one. We are, uh, we are a body, we are a mind, and we are a spirit. And by fasting, we transform our bodies into mm -hmm. a more loving uh, spirit, and I give the example of St. Anthony in the desert, who was the, 
uh, lived in the uh, at the, near the beginning of Christianity, and he practiced fasting, and his lived to be over a hundred, and people flocked to him because his soul shone beyond who illuminated his body. They could see this man as a compassionate, loving person, and mm-hmm. people went to him for spiritual counsel and advice. And he got to this beautiful state of uniting his mind, body, and spirit through his fasting. Let's say we have begun this period of fasting. Okay, what can we do when we encounter temptations? And this may not just be temptations of food, but of other things as well. Yes. I think uh, um, temptations are part of everybody's life. And to introduce a structure whereby we are a prayerful person, uh, we uh, are not the victim of impulse, we're thoughtful people, um, when we uh, have learned the discipline of uh, not responding immediately to uh, our cravings, um, that will help us to resist temptation. And let's say somebody now, where we're actually quickly approaching the, the mid-almost Holy Week in a few weeks, uh, let's say somebody has not done anything so far about fasting. Yeah. Uh, can they start something now, and what can they actually do? Oh, that's a good point. I would say this. Immediately, I would uh, eliminate meat from your uh, diet, and uh, not just on the Fridays of Lent, but every day of Lent. That's a luxury food, and it's not just for uh, the value to your health. It's because of spiritual a restraint. So I think eliminate meat immediately from your uh, diet. And I would say another thing you could do immediately for fasting is to uh, reduce the uh, quantity of your food, like I'm suggesting the skip a meal program, reducing mm-hmm. the amount of food that we take in every day. And um, that will help us to be in, in line with all the people of the world who have far less than we do, and we feel a solidarity with them because of our restraint in what we are consuming. We are, we are a throwaway culture. We are a culture that, that overconsumes. So the key is to reduce our consumption. In fact, I just recently read that we throw away 30,000 tons of food Every year. Exactly. Yeah, that's a lot of food. Exactly. (laughs) That's a lot of wasted food. From your own personal experience, is there something that you would like to share, um, you know, last tips or last advice to anybody who is considering or those who are fasting right now? All right. I'd like to share this. Um, I've spent, uh, I've made three pilgrimages to the Holy Land, to Israel, And on one of those, I spent an entire day in prayer at the site of the uh, Mount Calvary and the tomb of Christ. And I spent 12 hours there without eating uh, and totally absorbed in prayer. Mm -hmm. And it was a life-changing experience. Mm -hmm. So I suggest that uh, if you have a place in your house or where you can go, to reflect and to pray for an extended period, mm-hmm. a mental prayer, a meditation, uh, I recommend that highly. Okay, great. So if people want to uh, read your book, The Spirituality of Fasting, where can they find it online? Okay. 
It's a book published by Ave Maria Press, Notre Dame, Indiana, and it's available there, and I'm sure it's available on Amazon as well. Okay. And uh, if people want to find you online, are you on social media or, or something of a sort? I, I'm sorry, I don't have those resources, but it's been a pleasure to talk with you today, and I thank you for this invitation. Well, thank you so much, Monsignor. Thank you so much. God bless you, and keep up the good work. <laughs>